You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Discussing the topics that matter to you because they matter to us, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Welcome to episode 38 of Brumpod. I'm here with Jason and Ewan. Hello. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about, do you need a wristband to tell your boss if you're unhappy? Now, this is something Jason found uh, about a week ago. So we thought we'd, we'd cover it because it's it's one of those topics where it's starting to feel a little bit Black Mirror again. Uh, where 10, 15 years ago, this thing would just be seen as a pie in the sky, weird bit of nonsense that couldn't possibly ever exist. And but now it's, it's happening. It's, and now it's happening. It's one of those things. Is it a good thing? Is it going a bit too far? So it's essentially a technology, a wearable technology called Moodbeam. Uh, it's a smart bracelet that allows employers to monitor your mental health. It's got two buttons, yellow and blue. You press yellow if you're un- if you're happy, and blue if you're sad. And it in- allows employers to check in with data for all remote workers when everyone's uh, working from home um, to see how workers are feeling, and then I assume just to check in with team members who may need some more uh, support. So, what what do we think of this, Jason? It's that great line from Jurassic Park, isn't it? We're so obsessed with whether we can do it, it's whether we should do it. And, yeah, people have been monitored at work in the past, sometimes well and sometimes badly. You know, you've got the draconian measures in the factory where you were measured how how long you were away from the track. But then if your job's essential to keep the track moving... Maybe it's justified. It's it's always about when they introduce this, what are we looking to achieve by this? And how can it be used for good as well as evil? Yeah. Yeah, as usual, I think it's you know, what what are the alternatives? Yeah. And one of one of which is, you know, just just keep in touch with your workforce. Yeah. Let I think it's very know that you're available. It's it's very important to remember what your role and your function is in a business and what level of monitoring you require because what's the other great line integrity is doing the right thing even if nobody's looking well before when you were in an office you're surrounded by your peers and if you're slacking off people can see it they might turn a blind eye or they might roll their eyes in disgust they might call you out on it but you're surrounded by people that can see what you're doing. Now you're at home and you are quite literally phoning in your performance sometimes. So maybe the temptation to slack off is still there. But not on the face of it, something like this seems, you know, I, I'm perfectly positive that it is done with the most honourable of sense of duty and sense of care of employees. And I'm quite sure that this is designed for companies where they have hundreds or thousands of employees working remotely uh, and to, and it isn't obviously feasible all the time to pick up the phone or Zoom or Skype every single employee regularly to check in with how they are. So it's more of a case of handing off the responsibility of 
uh, checking in with the employee rather than the employer to see if, if everyone's happy. They just hit the yellow and then they know that they can just crack on and do their thing. But if there is a series of uh, blue alerts, then it means they can check in and offer a bit more support. So, I mean, I can totally see where and why this is uh, can be seen as a, as a really good thing because it is going to help employers to catch up with people that do need a bit more support that aren't uh, feeling their best um, for whatever reason. But it, it is a different level of checking in with staff because, I mean, with remote workers and freelancers, and you know, freelancers working for big companies, there are other tools that would be seen certainly as uh, micromanaging, like uh, key logging and taking screenshots of uh, their their staff's computer just to check that they are doing the work they're doing, which can feel very intrusive. I've never been on the receiving end of anything like that, but I can see how people would certainly see that as being a bit micromanaging and a bit. It depends invasive. on when that's necessary, though. Because you always look at what are we trying to achieve by doing this. Now, there are certain industries where it wouldn't be appropriate to do it. If you're a writer, then, or say you're a voiceover artist, you're not judged on how much time you spend in front of the microphone. You're judged on whether you deliver a quality voiceover within the deadline uh, that's, you know, appropriate. Um, if you decide to spend most of your time, you know, sharpening the axe, doing nothing other than voice exercises and then belt out a blinder at the last minute, that's great. That's how you manage your time. That's your process. Now, if you worked in a, a helpline um, or something where a rapid response was critical and now suddenly you're, you've got your entire team working from home, you want to know that they're in front of their laptops with their phones on, ready to receive that call and respond in the appropriate time. If these guys are nipping out to the shops because, you know, no one's going to miss me or doing the school run because they never actually, you know, put forward that they've got childcare issues that mean they're going to be out between three and four o'clock, you know, or if they're, you know, having a, a fag break out in the back garden, then... Yeah, all these little things would creep in and slow the response time, and that can cost a business money. So if you're meant to be at your desk and ready to go, then that measurement is fair. So, it's, you know, financial regulation, how many city traders are used to being constantly monitored and recorded? And now if they're working from a, a different environment, they would expect the same level of scrutiny. It's, it's horses for courses. God, there's a lot of jargon and uh, euphemisms coming out of me today. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's yeah. It, to, it, on, on the face of it, to me, it, do, it does feel a little bit too dystopian future, where mm -hmm. companies are, you know, keeping all manner. You know, regardless of what the intention behind it is, it it, it does feel a little bit dystopian in the sense that we're being people can be constantly monitored or constantly. See, that's where Ewan's got to jump in from a legal viewpoint. Intent. Is the intent to catch someone out and punish them? Are the results, you know, of the of catching somebody falling below standard punitive, or is it to identify issues that can be resolved to make life better for the employee and by de, you know by default the employer? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think in terms of performance, um, you're not going to go straight to something punitive. 
because you're not going to get away with it. Mm. So I think there's, you know, if somebody is consistently not performing, then, you know, that has to be addressed and they have to be given a chance to, to, to improve. But uh, what I'm interested in on, on the kind of mental health side is that, as I understand this report, the, uh, the information can be anonymous. So you're looking at a, a collective well-being of your staff, or it can be identified whereupon you can get a, a phone call from HR or whatever saying, look, can we help? And that's yeah, I mean, this, which this, way it's going to go. This compared to sort of productivity monitoring and everything else, this, this is certainly geared more towards the well-being of staff. I mean, I, the, I can't help but think, you know, part of me just feels that it just sort of takes a little bit of the personal and humanity out of it, sort of treating, you know, vast numbers of employees a bit like a number where they just sort of check in by clicking a button. It, it just feels a bit Pavlovian. <clears throat> but with, a, with the modern workplace now being, you know, remote for the time being, there are certain elements that you miss. Um, something I love, my, my former boss, I used to question why we would all travel to London for a monthly meeting. And now I get it because there are things you can read from people in a room that you don't get over a phone call or a video. It's why I, I love going to site and visiting my colleagues, because the best conversations usually happen after you'd put the phone down. You know, when you finish a conversation and then they go, just one other thing, you know, it, it, it's insignificant. I wasn't even going to mention it, but it's this. Those are the most interesting things and you don't pick them up remotely. So this is a perhaps a poor substitute, but an email goes out or some breaking news and suddenly you get feedback that, the mood of everyone in the business has suddenly dropped. That's a trend. That's what you can address. Or you can see that a certain section are deeply unhappy just around month end. And lo and behold, it happens to be the admin team because that's when they get overloaded with admin work to do that's of a really poor quality because everybody else seems to have, you know, just dumped their responsibilities on them. And yeah, there are ways this data could be used to help people. And I'm sure there is the nuclear option that, you know, you have somebody that just picks the, I'm not doing well, I need someone to give me a call button. But yeah, they can anonymize it or they could make it specific, but you have to have the people using it feel comfortable using it. Yeah. Yeah. It would take a bit of a sea change, I think, for um, a lot yeah. of people to, you know, fully accept that this is a a thing that is going to happen. I mean, you know, there's there's nothing to suggest that anything like this in in various businesses is is going to be mandatory or anything like that. It's just a a new tool that's that's come about, which some companies might feel this is a, a good way of us checking in with everybody. And maybe if yes, as you say, if, if there is a a trend of data, then they might find that it's a, a good way of feeling. If if everyone gets uh, a bit under towards yeah. the end of the month, then maybe plan something for staff to be able to look forward to or give them some added perk or benefit or something else that can that might help in some way or or do some surveys and research to find out what's if there's any causes that are behind it that they can help with and you know that there are there are definitely honorable um intentions, intentions behind this most oh, definitely. Ab, 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 absolutely but but just to out cynic jason um, <laughs> it's also 
potentially the brilliant excuse saying wear this for your own good and then expand uh you know what you collect accordingly yeah i told you it was cynical yeah there will be a certain amount of paranoia people are being monitored and it will create a level of anxiety because even even the most diligent worker is always afraid of what was the phrase imposter syndrome where they'll get uncovered as being lazy even though they know they're working hard but they're not lazy by dint of not doing the work it's because they can't get all the work done in the time provided and yeah it it will scare people this technology is not allowing us to do anything we haven't been able to do in the offline world it just gives us more sort of it gives us more usable data to make the decisions but it's about the trust going back to the factory thing if you are suddenly getting feedback that well all the all the employees are taking too long on their toilet breaks because they're you know we're, we're seeing issues on the track where they're not back at their post in time well maybe you need to make the toilet breaks longer maybe human nature is they can't do it in the time you give them extend more time set the track accordingly you won't have that problem it's what they do with the results that's critical in so not as just as much as how they implement it it's it's about the trust between the person using it and the person that's going to be using the data well yeah well and how about this i'll I'll out cynic even both of you um the, the other consideration is of course um who stores the data how that data is stored and the, there's, you know, privacy issues involved in this as well, because so much data is collected on all of us through various digital platforms and social media. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of our data out there, which more and more people these days are getting more conscious of who has that data, uh, how it's going to be used, where it's going to be used, who has access to it. And then, you know, it does flag up another issue with would people want their data relating to their own mental health in up there in the cloud somewhere so you know it does flag up other issues like that as well oh, i can out cynic all three of you all three of us now by just you know taking it a level further yes it's you you've seen if you if you're looking for a parallel how many people are suddenly finding that their career trajectory has been stalled because somebody trawls through their twitter feed and their facebook posts and pulls up every time they liked an inappropriate joke or said something that maybe they don't even agree with 10 years down the line and it's hauled up and used as a reason why they're a bad person there will be a fear that with better algorithms um, smarter artificial intelligence that all this anonymous data on you that you compiled could be reverse engineered at a later date to create a profile on you that you never knew existed Ooh, yeah very true so yeah even yeah even going in now with the best of intentions um and you know thinking that you know it's a fair and just system as as i always say to people in uh, when they do any planning evil jay always plan for what evil jay would do i'm a nice guy but the the jay five years from now might not be so nice what would he do and plan for that oh you guys barely trust me now imagine what you'd be like in five years (laughs) exactly i'm I'm constantly plan for evil jason but there is always that inherent risk that 
in in the back of your mind that even if you enter into these um, experiments now, where your data is anonymized and it will not be used against you in a court of law, that at some point in the future somebody could just join up the dots. Yeah. True. So. Well, it's a new technology. It's obviously uh, only just uh, coming out there into the world. It's it, time will tell as to how successful this will be in in tracking. Uh, well-being of employees. Um, I will try and remain as uncynical as I possibly can. Um, but I, I think we'll we'll probably review this in a year and see how many of our um, assumptions and predictions actually turned out to be uh, halfway right. Yeah. I mean, we've we, we've done right on a few of the uh, previous ones. Well, yes, our previous episode has uh, basically uh, treated us as oracles, which I'm very happy with. But yeah, it, it's. It's something new. It's something, uh, you know, a little bit scary. But um, as ever, something that is new and scary in a few years' time is probably something incredibly uh, mundane and normal. Yeah. So time will tell. But so we'll, yeah. we'll put a link in the episode notes so you can check it out for yourself. Um, but, yeah, so it's called Moodbeam, the smart mm-hmm. bracelet to monitor your well-being. Exactly. It's probably nothing to worry about. Do you remember when we were all, you know, afraid that Facebook and uh, all the big social media sites would use our data to, you know, skew elections and uh, create world chaos? Exactly. You know, it was all all sort of a false flag. But but yeah, we did actually call a few others right. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm which ones did we we get right? Um, Twitter was uh, in, intervening and um, uh, being more proactive in flagging posts, and well, we know how that ended up. Yeah, well, they, they are introducing um, an experimental system where you will have almost like citizen moderators. So some people will have um, an enhanced Twitter profile where they will be able to flag um, posts that are factually inaccurate. I do see that going down the realm of uh, police academy, though, with the citizens on patrol. <laughs> what was that phrase? Never underestimate the power of stupid people in large numbers. Yeah, uh, but it, it's you know it, it's a, a Twitter experiment. They're they're seeing if it's going to work, and hopefully, it'll it'll do something to combat the ridiculous amount of misinformation, deliberate misinformation, and uh, wrong information that is that is out there that's in it's creating that sort yeah. of toxic attitude and it's right in the wave of the backlash i think everyone was sick of how much a very vocal minority can spread disinformation just by virtue of being louder than the people that are talking sense the reason voice was very calm and the um the conspiracy theorists were all very shouty and of course you um you heard the shouty people more even though they weren't right and now something which we're going to just uh dip back into very briefly uh something which we talked about on a on one of our earliest episodes i think i can't remember which one offhand um but it's all about what three words and if you're not familiar with what three words where have you been um but it's essentially a mapping service uh british created that has mapped the entire globe into three meter squares so when he says where have you been you'd be able to find out within three meters exactly and i'd be able to find you i'd pinpoint you exactly um so it, it, on the face of it it sounds a bit weird um but if 
you imagine if you live in a rural location and you need regular deliveries from various people, sometimes the address isn't that clear. But if you go on to the What Three Words app or the website, you can find out, say, your property entrance if it doesn't really have a traditional address or the it's very difficult to find, you can give the delivery people the exact pinpoint of your property entrance, for instance, which is a unique three-word address, which could be like cabbage house monkey. They're all regular words that are easy to string together. And that is your unique address. No one else yeah. anywhere in the world will have that. Um, it's only started a few years ago, but it's over the last few years, it's been integrated so much, been integrated more and more into various emergency services. Um, incredibly useful. If you imagine things like mountain rescue, you have no address if you uh, come a cropper uh, and need medical assistance. Uh, you can say you're on the south face of whatever mountainside, but obviously without something a little bit more specific, it could take a long while before anyone can find you. Um, well, Mountain Rescue have all, always said, do not use GPS uh, on your phone as a wayfinder because it's so wholly unreliable. And yeah. most people, unless you've been in the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts or one of those groups, grid references will mean nothing to you. But being able to say three words, um, yeah, they've had people, what was the the big news article where somebody actually found themselves uh, marooned and they could get a phone signal. So they called the emergency services who said, download, if you can get a signal, download this app, give us the three word location, we will find you. Yeah. And that's exactly how they got rescued. Otherwise, these people, it would have been a helicopter search by, you know, acre by acre. Um, so it does make a difference. And then the commercial side where you look at deliveries, it, not just getting it to your house because a postcode can cover five or six properties, but getting it to your front door, but also for delivery um, drivers that when they collect from a restaurant, they don't necessarily collect from the front door, they collect from the kitchen and the three word um, address will take them to the right part of a building you know uh, my own um my own employer access self-storage all of our sites <laughs> now use the three word location so people can find where the front door is not necessarily wandering through the loading bay receptions are all clearly marked you know but having that on what three words you can actually see exactly where to go and if it's say on a one-way system that can be a huge you know saving on time and frustration by not missing the entrance and having to go round the block again absolutely and you know, and, and since we talked about it last there, there, there have been even more integrations royal mail have now partnered with them to uh, trial drone deliveries uh, it's being integrated even more into various uh, multitude of car manufacturers, sat-nav systems. Hermes, the uh, courier people, they uh, can now deliver to any three-metre square in the UK. Uh, the AA now accepts what three words addresses for breakdown locations. Because yeah, who who breaks down by a postcode? Exactly. And if, if you've broken <coughs> down, you, you may not even know where you are. Yeah. Um, other than looking on a map on your phone. But you, if you're on a really long 
stretch of road, then, you know, you could be anywhere. You know, if you're not familiar with the area, you're not going to necessarily know the landmarks or the person coming out to rescue you may not even know the landmarks. So again, you, it pinpoints you it may really not big. even be on the road on the road when you have the accident. I uh, well, yeah. I do recall my dad telling me stories uh, of taking a corner in Ireland too fast and actually clipping the top of a dry stro- stone wall and landing almost like an aircraft in the field behind it. Ouch. Yes, I mean there was no there was no damage to himself or any of the passengers. The car wasn't in as good a shape when they pulled it out by tractor, but if you'd called someone, they would not have found where that car was. Yeah. <laughs> you would have needed the what three words to identify it. And yeah, for e-commerce as well, it, it's it's now also being integrated into e-commerce stores, uh, checkout address forms. So mm-hmm. anyone buying online can add the exact destination for their delivery. Again, you know, if it's for uh, deliveries to a business, it can be, as you say, it can be delivered to a specific part of the uh, premises rather than coming in through the front door, for instance, or... Um, yeah. Or, or deliveries door. by drone, have it dropped into your back garden, so at least it's safe and secure, rather than left by, the, you know, just outside on the uh, on the front door. Yep. Or if homes so. or businesses have sort of those out, though, because they're quite popular now, these outdoor secure lockers uh, for deliveries, you can have that as a uh, three-word address, and so, you know, that that's the specific exactly. site of the locker. Yeah, we've seriously ah. gone off track now, haven't we? You and save us. Jump in, Richard. I was was just wondering, in in the middle of of the sudden uh, attack of boredom I have when you were wittering, um, (laughs) I was wondering, have you have you done any any uh, Twitter surveys recently that might be interesting? As a matter of fact, I have. Um, As many of our listeners know, we do a weekly Twitter hour for Brummies Networking called Brummies Biz Hour every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Um, and yesterday we ran a bit of a poll um, because we just wanted to find out what the uh, what the state of play is with people's thoughts on, you know, checking in with people about the pandemic and lockdowns and various things. So we just posed the question with um, a bit of a poll saying, what simple pleasures, uh, what simple pleasure are you looking forward to doing first when the pandemic is over? Uh, and we gave the options of coffee shop with a friend, first pint at the pub, holiday abroad, or big family get-together. And generally, I thought the holiday abroad would be pretty much the most popular one, with everyone being pretty much housebound for 12 months or more. I thought people would be itching to book somewhere in the sun as soon as possible, as soon as it's all safe to do so. That (laughs) That got the least votes um, the ones that were the most popular were first pint at the pub and big family get together. So it just shows, you know, it's not a huge, you know, cross section of society by any stretch, but it shows that, you know, people are really the most, the, the thing people are missing the most is being Each social. Other. Yeah. yeah. It's intriguing that, yeah, you thought getting away from it would be possibly the most popular in people's minds. They have been away from it. They want to get back to it now. Yeah. And yeah, the one so, thing you you miss the most is each other. It was e- equal top uh, was first pint of the pub and big family get together, closely uh, followed by a coffee shop with a friend. Now I feel bad because I voted for pub and I could have swung it to family. Well, yeah. just shows well, where I, my priorities are. <laughs> I blame you entirely. 
But I do, I do notice that there wasn't uh, the option of coming to Brummies networking face to face. Well, that's a given. You know, you don't want a landslide. The overwhelming winner. Let's face it. Yeah, we didn't want to rig it. <laughs> we just wanted to get a bit of a. I don't. I don't know how many options you can actually add to a poll. It might only be four. I'll have to check. And besides, that. you know, we don't want someone flagging it on Twitter as untruthful. Well, this is true. We could have, you know, they've got the power to do that now. Twitter army coming after us. Exactly, but it 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 is quite heartwarming that yeah the it just shows that people are social. We want to, We don't want to get away from it. We want to get. We want. We want to get back to normal, and yeah, fingers crossed, it's going to happen this year. Well, with the the record number of vaccinations being done, I mean, it, it's massively surprised me how many are being done on a daily basis, which is really, really encouraging. Uh, you yeah. know, all, all politics aside, from you know, let's ignore the party political side of all this. Let's just concentrate on the uh, sort of NHS and volunteer side of all this. Um, the the rate that this is all happening is is really good news and very very pleasing. But yeah, it's all going in the right direction, and there is finally some good light on the horizon. So yeah. let's keep everything crossed. Well, the important thing to remember is there will be an acceleration as as more and more people get vaccinated, fewer and fewer people will be suffering from it and the R rate will fall. So it will reach um, it will reach a critical mass. It just people just have to remember not to be complacent, look out for each other. And when you get the opportunity to get your vaccination, get your vaccination because it's all playing our part. Yeah, absolutely. And as all the medical folks have been saying all along, you know, now isn't the time for uh, complacency. We do need to keep doing what we're doing. It is hard. Everyone is completely bored of all the keywords around coronavirus, you know, trying times, uh, all of it, you know, pandemic. Unprecedented. Unprecedented, that's the, you know, all, all these words everyone is sick to death of. Yeah. But yeah, it, do, it does ring true. We do need yeah. to keep vigilant. We do need to yeah. keep socially distancing, keep washing hands and everything else. Just for now. But after this summer, I'm not washing my hands for a whole year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back to normal then, Jason. Yeah, that explains it. <laughs> That's why no one shakes your hand at networking events. No one knows. Oh, well, they won't now. <laughs> so, yes, it was an interesting result of the poll. It wasn't uh, what I was expecting, but certainly heartwarming and reassuring. Pleased by it good. anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously, if you're free on a Tuesday morning at 11am, then always do come and join us for Brummies Biz Hour. Hashtag Brummies Biz Hour. Other Twitter hours are available. They are, but they're not as good as ours. No, I'll go with that. <laughs> well, I think that pretty much wraps up episode 38. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co., Follow us on Twitter at Brumpod. You can subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for Brumpod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. 
Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>